On this episode of the Pack It Up Pie, we talk about stealing one from them pussy cats from the toilet. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button on your podcast platform of choice and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter. And with that, let's go pack. Third down and five. Rogers, same side. And this time, it's in the hands of Lazar. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the We Get It, We Get It. The refs are to blame, but do you got a dirty Rodgers name? He is the best in the game, regardless if this receiving core is lame. At the end of the day, it's always the same. NFC North leading Pack It Up Packers podcast. Yup. Yeah, baby. This is Ryan, joined as always by Josh and Dan. Hello, gents. How are we doing, Foose? Hey, Ryan. Hey, do you still think bye weeks matter? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I think we can all agree bye weeks matter after that. Yeah, they, they, they got a 13-0 lead because of a bye week. Yeah, they just jumped us. My, yeah. my first, before we get into it, I, if I get a chance to watch the game from the couch, I'll, I'll keep a Word document open and I'll just fire off notes as we go so I can reread them the next day and just see the emotional roller coaster that that I was on. My first two lines were outcoached, outschemed, outplayed. Line two, drop, 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 drop. <laughs> that's very accurate. Yes. That's first that's, quarter in a nutshell. It's a little bit worrisome because the Oakland Raiders are going to be coming to Lambeau Field with this exact same situation of it's a Sunday game coming off a bye. Um, I, I I don't even know what to say. I was going to say I'm not even scared of the Raiders as much as I was the Lions. But at this point, I the NFL is a complete crapshoot. Yeah. Um, so let's start with this. And we're going to make it very short because everybody's talking about it. Um, the refs this year suck. I think referees in general are the most scrutinized position in all of sports, if not the world. Um, but these refs on a consistent basis haven't been that bad since we had the fake refs of 2012. And, you know, <laughs> even our Twitter, our lonesome newly started Twitter was getting blown up by by Lions fans going crazy. And all I could say was that's the same feeling we had against the Philadelphia Eagles Multiple calls should have gone our way, and they didn't. Did the Detroit Lions get screwed on more you know, overall plays than the Packers? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, the refs suck. The Packers took advantage. Get over it. You had five field goals. You couldn't score another touchdown. That's your fault. Whatever. Thank you for, for to Jamal Williams for being really smart and not falling for that fake defense. Yes. Like there are multiple occasions where I actually think you got to give the Packers credit, and I know Josh, you were pretty fired up about how ESPN and the sports media world in general got uh, a little bit too far behind. Detroit should have won this game. Yeah, I mean, the the like you were saying, the refs just called a bad game. It, it wasn't. Yes, some of them were more against the Lions at the end just because they were on defense and we were on offense. Um, but I mean, the only. Trey Flowers, I'm going to bring up one thing about Trey Flowers. I didn't say that I was going to do this, but I will. Trey Flowers got called for hands in the face, okay? He did. It wasn't necessarily hands in the face. He sort of on his shoulder pad. But you were called on it the drive before. 
yet you still continued to do it and were called for it a second time. That's dumb on you. The first time was the ref. The second time you knew they'd call it anyways. You shouldn't have done it. But, yes, I wanted to complain about ESPN. And is it Booger or Booger? How, how do you booger. say that? Booger? I Flick hate the booger. Them. I hate them so much. Man, they just need to shut up about the penalties. Literally, the game's about to end. Crosby's about to kick a field goal, and they're still arguing over the hands-in-the-face call that happened at, like, minute 30 in the game. I'm just like, I, I didn't understand what they were doing. They they took away what the game was all about. They took away the enjoyment of the ending of the game um, just because they wanted to prove a point that the rest were wrong, which we all could see. Um, you didn't have to speak about it all the end of the game. Um, but, yeah, that's my two cents. ESPN, get rid of your crew. Hire some new guys that actually talk football. I, I think it's it's really harsh, and this is a good tongue twister. It's a cyclical suck cycle of <laughs> everything balances out. For every Des Bryant non-catch, there's a Seattle, is it an interception? What is it? It all comes around. We left two weeks ago. We started this podcast talking about how absolutely atrocious the rest were, that people's chin guards are up by their eyes. Like we've talked about this. So I've, I I don't blame the Detroit fans at all for being upset because I would be too. It just so happens that we had a negative and now a positive. I'm sure if we had two negatives in a row, it would all be crazy. But something needs to happen because standard calls, ticky-tack plays, quick plays, even the touchdown for the Detroit Lions, which we'll get yes. to in a second – I don't think that cross it, but nope. if I'm being a realist, completely unbiased, looking from the outside perspective, a lot's happening, whatever the case may be. It just so happened that these these hands to the face, all that should have been called and they weren't. And it's that's part of life. That is sports in general. That's why I think I texted at one point, I hate sports to our text group. <laughs> and then immediately and then immediately Lazard scores for a touchdown. So I, I have no idea. I have no idea what it is anymore. But let's jump right into it. Um, our offense was at moments spectacular, at moments a complete disaster. Jamal Williams, bless your heart, had that energy. I'm so glad that he's back again. That concussion didn't keep him out for any longer. But we're also looking again at the standpoint of MVS, two catches, Geronimo, four drops, Jimmy Graham, two catches for under 20 yards. What do we think about this offense? How big of a distress single are we sending out? I, I love to see the, you know, I, I hesitate to say a power run game, but a powerful running game. And it, uh, Elton Jenkins has changed that line from the left guard position. The tackles have been amazing. Um, you know, he actually got called on a holding block either in the first or second quarter, which was actually just a great level two block on the linebacker. Um, so, you know, if you want to analyze bad calls, there was another one, uh, but the Jamal Williams spark, Aaron Jones made some big plays, but there were also multiple runs where they had six or seven, eight yards before they were even touched. Uh, and then, you know, they ended up with 12 yards. So, um, the, the running game is something new. It's something fresh. It's exciting to see. And we needed it badly because we had absolutely zero wide receiver play until about four minutes left in the fourth quarter. I was I was going to say the exact same thing. I'm not worried about this offense because we are running the ball. We just had two different guys in back-to-back -back weeks run over 100 yards. When was the last time the Green Bay Packers had two different players in one year run over 100 yards? I, I you know, um, so I, I I love what they're doing. They're realizing that 
they can run and they're doing it more often. Um, and, and that's giving Aaron Rodgers a, a little bit more freedom with the play action pass. I mean, how many times did they do play action pass in this game? Oh, um, and it I works. mean, the Detroit Lions didn't bring much pressure for some reason. I guess they weren't scared of Aaron Rodgers or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, love the running game. Love what they're doing with it. And Aaron Rodgers went into what I texted as God mode. I mean, he just went into, I get it. The team's on my back. I got no one to throw to. I'm going to have to make ridiculous throws. And he made that little 10-yard pass to Mercedes Lewis where he just dropped it in a bucket over his shoulder. It was perfect. He was on the move. I don't know how he did it. And then his throws to Lazard just on the money. He just took over. He did the Aaron Rodgers things. He did things that a couple weeks ago we said – Maybe Aaron Rodgers is past the ability to do it. Uh, you know, some people on this pod said that. I always had faith in my man. Uh, but he just took over. So, you know, the the drops from Geronimo, you know, you don't want to talk bad about someone that got knocked out cold in the middle of the game. But in, before that, I think we could have had an entire section on, you know, do we even need Geronimo on the field anymore? And, you know, the way Lazard played, the way that Rodgers uh, petitioned to get Lazard into the game in the fourth quarter – uh, I think we might see some snap counts go up for Lazard and for Geronimo. Even when he comes back, he has not been playing well, and that's going to have to uh, that's going to have to get rectified a little bit. So I need to see those snap counts change. But did you guys also notice the the TV curse on interceptions going into the fourth quarter? Packers are driving. They hype that Rodgers at home has five and a half touchdowns or five point something touchdowns per one interception over his career at home. Mm-hmm. And it was like two plays later, bounces off of Darius Shepard for drop number 4,000 in the game, which is another thing. If you want to ask me about a pet peeve, how are NFL wide receivers still basket catching footballs? Like you learn at at the age of 12, along with the rest of us non-athletic people, how to form the triangle with your thumbs and your index fingers and catch a ball in between that little triangle and how there's NFL wide receivers still basket catching footballs blows my mind. If I was ever a wide receiver coach, I would have like a hundred dollar fine. Even if you caught the ball every time you let it hit your shoulder pads and then just tried to, to corral it in. That's exactly what Shepard did. It, it's embarrassing at the NFL level. You see it all the time and I don't understand it. He, he was trying to practice uh, catching the punt again there, I think, uh, oh, trying God. to cradle it. In. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, yeah, but we're talking a lot of players, but what about LeFleur, guys? The time management in this game was brilliant. Absolutely. At the end of the first half, oh, to yes. get just the field goal, and we – how much time did we run down? I think it was near six minutes in the, at the end of the first half. Um, yeah. But left no time for Detroit to do anything. And then at the end of the second half, we run down at like 650, I think it was, uh, to mm-hmm. end the game with a winning field goal. I mean, that is something he has not shown us yet. Um, he's shown us long drives, but six-minute drives um, and two of them to execute end of halves um, in our favor, that was something that blew my mind this week. The, the end of the first half was beautiful, and I think we were talking about this too while it was happening. It 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 was just brilliant for a young coach to have that that foresight to say, if I give the Lions even 60 seconds, Stafford's got the ability to go get a field goal that could just destroy any momentum going into the locker room. He knew I needed to control the ball. Now I get the ball after halftime and this game can completely turn on that and credit to the running game to make it happen. Yep, and the fans didn't like it, you know, and I honestly oh didn't my like goodness. it when he ran the ball. Honestly. Yes. I forgot about that. Absolutely. That was, yeah. 
but it was the right call and it honestly is probably one of the reasons we won this game the fans not liking it and the fans booing and then they also cut to the fans quite a bit while we were on defense and there were just a ton of fans with their arms crossed not making any noise I mean, you're at the game, make some noise. I don't care if you don't like the way the game is trending. You literally have a job if you're inside that stadium, and it's to make noise and affect the away team. And I was very – it looked like every time they did a shot of the fans, it was 75% of them just standing there with their arms crossed. Mm-hmm. So I'm still I, mad, and we won the game. I'm still mad. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that this was a win-win scenario with Matt LaFleur that I really do think that he is zoning in on being a coach. He's experienced enough and he's gain he seems like some guy that picks up every week, goes through all his play calling and says, This is what I did right, this is what I did wrong. I do think he's a learning coach. And the fact that each week he looks more and more tired is great to me that I know <laughs> that my wife's not gonna leave him, you know, me for him. Right. This is this is a win win scenario. I'm that safe to the off season. Yeah. He looks more and more tired and yet he's still calling a better game than he was the week before. Is beautiful to me what did you guys think of that play call on the jamal williams touchdown though because as soon as we gave him the ball i was yelling at the tv he was going sideline to sideline i think my my exact my exact uh text message was something the fact of i thought for a fact he was going to lose four yards and my tv was gone it was absolutely (laughs) gone because we've done this before there has been multiple times that we got really really cute inside the 15 yards you know, to the end zone and be like, why can't we just do something straightforward? And so, somehow it worked out and mm-hmm. all is forgiven. But of all your running backs, that's not the one to run that play with it. Give it to a wide receiver. Give it to Aaron Jones. You give it to really your power running back. And somehow he actually looked like Aaron Jones on that run. He makes a couple guys miss and scores a touchdown. I actually read something this week where Lafleur and his <clears throat> offensive coaching staff. Um, yeah are, are uh, looking at red zone, like successful red zone plays in the NFL every week around the so league. They, yep. Yeah. So they're actually reviewing every successful red zone attempt to get new ideas each week. Do we think Mike McCarthy was doing that at the later half of his career? Hell no. Mm. Yeah. I saw the same thing and that got me jacked up. I mean, he's, he's obviously young. He's not 20 years into his career where he might start resting on his laurels, but he's, he's trying to improve every week and we're seeing the changes. It's, it's been fun to watch. So the last thing I want to touch on, I know this is going to be a very brash decision. Is Darius Shepard done? Was this game so bad that he will, he may, I think he'll still probably be on special teams, but is this, is, is his leash so short that he could be gone at any moment the rest of the season? Josh, you're the optimistic guy. You go ahead. I, I think they threw him in the fire way too quickly. I think they believed in him too much. Oh, I'm way too quickly. Oh, my God. No, we can't start this. We can't this, start this. <laughs> this guy's a rookie, and you're asking him to – He made I mean, the team Lazard over should have, Lazard. Uh, Lazard should have obviously started over Shepard, like yeah, obviously. Hind, hindsight. Yeah, Shepard's been on can, the active roster for six weeks. But Shepard has looked like a deer in headlights every week he's out there at wide receiver. He doesn't know what he's doing. Um, he's doing his best. I mean, they went to him on a goal line stand, so obviously well, they trust the your, guy. You're doing your best, buddy. We'll keep you on the roster for another season. But we got rid of all of our returners now, so we really can't. So I think Jimmy Graham's doing his best too, and we all know how we feel about that one. Yeah. 
I, I think it was really interesting. Reports came out that apparently Rodgers at the start of the fourth looked at the coaching staff and said Lazard needs to be out there every play. And then Lazard came out there and literally played out of his mind. That's yes. the one hope I had, and it was kind of a joke of, wow, I think it's too early to say Lazard is the option. But frankly, when I look at this roster, Geronimo drops passes and is a absolute He's hit a ceiling. Inactive blocker. It, he is exactly right. He has hit a ceiling. I thought for sure that Mercedes Lewis, I actually wanted to see more of him because at yes. least I know he can catch the end ball. Lazard has the opportunity. If he wants to take it, we got about another two or three games before the bye week. If he wants to become that number two, number three receiver, he has not only Rodgers' focus – but he has Rogers' confidence. He can have that position if he wants it. And I love the fact we talked about him kind of steamrolling people. I got jacked out of my mind with the celebration after the touchdown. He has the opportunity. Can we just talk? I have a full grown man crush on Alan Lazard after he tried to steamroll Justin Coleman. And, <laughs> and if you don't remember it, he catches the ball on the sideline, and most receivers just step out. They live to play another down. He stared him in his eyes and said, I'm coming right through you. And it was like the old Oklahoma drill in practice where it's just mano y mano, who's the bigger man? And Lazard didn't necessarily, you know, full back knock him over, but he got an extra yard or two. And the whole time, I think we were all yelling, don't fumble, just don't fumble, just don't fumble. But that play, I think, gained him, you know, thousands of fans within the Packer fanhood because uh, he just shown he was a grown man at the age of 22 right there. And the fire that he brought, he looked yep. like he wanted the ball. Like none of our wide we were missing that. We were that. absolutely yeah. missing it. We were yeah, absolutely that's what Devonte Adams does for us, right? But here, Alan Lazard, first year for the Packers, really first year playing in the NFL, brings the fire for us. Like heck yeah, put him on the field. Let's see what he can do. Aaron Rodgers said he came back to the huddle requesting a route to run because he thought it would work, and it was yeah. the one that scored the touchdown. Talk about ballsy. Yeah. Mr. Rodgers, I think I know what would work here. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? That's the same feeling I got after Jamal. Jamal and Alan Lazard are exactly what this offense needed was – there was a, a little bit of a late hit on Jamal, and Jamal got right into his face. There was even a few times where the, Lazard was out of bounds, and he's pushing down on a defender. You need swagger. The defense has that swagger, and we'll get to that in one second. The offense needs it. If you can get Rodgers, this backfield believing, and at least one or two people from a receiving core to, to give two shits, I am <laughs> all on board with this. The fact that we have beat the Dallas Cowboys and the Detroit Lions without Devontae Adams is mind-blowing in a way, but it gets me excited that if and when this offense, A, is healthy, and B, clicks, ooh, baby, this could be a dangerous team. And if you, if you just check Twitter, we're about to go sign AB and trade for Mike Evans, so we are going to be stacked. Oh, really? We're just <laughs> yeah, going to be yeah. stacked. Yeah, it sounds like every time. Yeah, we're going to go four wide. Adams, A.B., uh, Stephon Diggs also is in oh, the yeah, mentions. Also available, uh, yep. Uh, we are going to have the greatest receiving core in the history of sports. <laughs> but um, until then, let's talk and, defense. Until then, let's talk defense. This Every single week, I know it, it's almost – it's, it's 
have we ever had an experience where we can rely on two people like the Smiths to show up every game? Like I, I cannot believe that it doesn't matter whether they're dealing with knee injuries or they're dealing with an amazing offensive line. They somehow find a way in the backfield. I will temper that a little bit. Savage <laughs> ended up being a lot bigger piece missing than I thought it was. You you hit the nail on the head with the Smith brothers. Uh, every third down, I literally I was watching with my girlfriend. I just would turn to her. I'm like, watch the ends will get pressure or a sack on this play every she's, time. She's like, which end? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But every <laughs> time, uh, it, it happened, and 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 they they know when to do it. They they know when to rush hard and when to not. And it is just amazing to watch. They are amazing at it. Yeah, I do want to call out uh, Rayshon Gary didn't run five yards past the quarterback on a pass rush. So I think that counts hey, as a sack. Hey, <laughs> yeah, it's all Rayshon. I think it counts as a sack, baby. Yeah, and what about they're finally lining up Zadarius Smith on the inside more? I was just going to um, say they're mixing man, it up. And I'm and loving it. I've been craving it. I've been wanting more of it. And it works. It yeah, works like, he got like to magic. Beat. He got to beat a guard and a running back, which he must just love after facing left tackles all day. He's like, ooh, I get a interior pass blocker and a running back? I'll run right through him. And we also sent – there was this real creative blitz Petten had where he sent both safeties. Um, if they weren't in the A-gaps, they were in the middle of the offensive line, and they both got picked up one-to-one, right? So you don't need more than one offensive lineman to pick up a safety on a pass rush. I get it. But both safeties immediately held up. And I think the whole concept that Petten had there was if you pick up my safeties coming down the middle, then you left the Smiths one-on-one. And that was another sack that was created just on scheme alone. It's like I'm going to keep blockers in the middle of the offensive line so you can't hedge two guys out on one of, on both of the Smiths. And we had a pass rush on that play too. So it is so much fun to watch a consistent pass rush. And thank the Lord because I thought our secondary was poor. I I don't know if we can blame it just on Savage missing. I I was tearing up Kevin King, uh, at least through that first half. You know his performance on Kenny Galladay. I've got some cuss words in my notes for what type of coverage he was playing. We we were against the we we're at the goal line. You know it was like third and five for the Lions. They were probably at the ten yard line, and they picked up a first down. When we were blitzing, we sent five or six, and Kevin King was playing about eight yards off of uh, Kenny Galladay. And we said in the preview podcast, we respect Galladay. He's a nice receiver. But why are you giving a guy a five-yard cushion when we're blitzing against the goal line? You know it's going to be a bang-bang play. He doesn't have time to run deep. He doesn't have time to do a double move. Why are we giving him such a cushion to the point that Galladay had a field day and I'm wondering why we didn't switch Jair to Galladay every once in a while because mm-hmm. we we heard nothing from Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones did not. He had five targets for two catches and 17 yards. So thank you, Jair. But if Galladay's tearing us up, why don't we do a little switch and see what happens? Yeah, I didn't I didn't get why they didn't switch at half either because uh, King was obviously struggling. Um, <clears throat> they did ask a lot of our secondary on this. Uh, they had a lot of single high safeties. Um, you know, and then man coverage, uh, because it, it looked to me like they were just focusing on stopping it, everything in the middle and stopping the run. Um, and then depended on their secondary to just handle the average wide receivers that they had. Um, and then Kenny Galladay just won some, you know, some, some good, he, he ran some great routes. One catch. I mean, was it an unbelievable catch? I can't, even, I don't know how he caught it. Um, but yeah, he's I, good. He's good. Like in oh, yeah. all honesty, like he's an amazing wide receiver. He 
he's he's the best and i agree completely with dan that if something isn't working for three quarters maybe we should try something different mm-hmm. like i just i don't know why it was so slow of a reaction and i'm on a touch on the defensive coach too but i mean dan said it his blitz packages he changes this defense week in and week out it's a different look watching it is very confusing just as somebody that's watching it trying to evaluate because everything's different week to week this week they're lined up more in four three uh alignments uh definitely in the first half and early second and you know and that's a, a way new look than what we have been doing in the past um so it i just Kudos to Lafleur and Petten for putting that together an amazing game plan and sticking to it. I mean, good job, guys. Hey, Ryan, here's your chance to take credit for that run game. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I believe I came out and said 75 yards or less, uh, 56. I uh, it that it was an there were so many highlights about this this game that I think got kind of thrown to the side because there was so much pressure in that first half. Five field goals, five field goals. It was it reminded me of the end of last season where you're going, oh, my God, they're going to score again. Oh, well, they only got three. We're OK. We're OK. And it I I think we have to give a shout out. I can't believe we're going to do this. Uh, Kyler Frackle played amazing. He had moments where it was like that amazing or uh, he made on. one tackle. No. And a half sack. He no. made that tackle where he had his arm extended and it was pretty impressive strength. And then all of a sudden the text messages come flying in. Fackerel no, looks really it, good tonight. No, 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 no. Amazing for Fackerel is average for Smiths. But uh, it's, <laughs> it's, I also thought there was there was times Chapon Williams came up big. I can't believe yeah. he's, he's kind of our backup role and having this leadership. Um. But then you look at our top five tacklers this game, Zadarius Smith, Blake Martinez. Yep, we get that. Then Sullivan, Goodson, Lowry. That's something that I wasn't quite ready for, and they all played just beyond well, beyond well. Dean Lowry had a great game, and it's one that we should just call out briefly. He he made a lot of solo tackles uh, on the defensive line. A lot of times uh, as they tried to run up the middle, which the Lions' run game is not creative at all, but as they tried to run straight up the middle for the 14th time to no success, it was Dean Lowry either making the play or making the running back have to try to make a move and get tackled by someone else. He had a great game. I'm interested to see if he could build off of that because he's had a fairly quiet year. So I'm not sure if it was just the scheme of the Lions that allowed him to shine or if he can build off of that and, and start making some plays for us. But that could be huge. I'm interested, too, because they, they stayed in their gaps this time. You know, they haven't been gaps down, as the coaches have been saying. Um, but they actually stayed in their gaps this time, and it showed. You know, they the uh, running backs couldn't find lanes to go, um, and it, it slowed the play down to where people could, you know, get in and get the tackle. But, you know, it, like you said, I don't know if the Lions are just that bad at running and then their offensive line just doesn't know how to run block or if we actually figured something out. So let's see what we do next week and then we'll reevaluate. Are we worried about Kenny Clark? Mm, tra- I wish Kenny Clark was that train in the background. But he's not. <laughs> yeah, I, my bad. I think he's I think he's I'm not saying he's doing a bad job. Just like Bakhtiari, I think if you take away the penalties that he somehow gets to a game now, like it, he, he's fine. But when you ask 
of elite level competition and you get fine, that's not good. That's not good. I just think the whole interior defensive line is not performing well. So even if he was performing well, we probably wouldn't see because he's just getting gobbled up by everybody else um, with no help next to him. Um, so I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not running away from him yet, but I, I'm, I'm a little alert. I'm a, I'm a, on alert. I should say alert, alert. Kenny Clark. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take the Homer take on this as a Packer fan. I, I'm not worried about him. I'm disappointed in his play so far, uh, but I'm not worried. And what that could mean is if the Packers get a chance to re-sign him, maybe we save a million or two because he's not getting a 20-sack season in a contract year. Ooh. So maybe it's helpful Yeah, baby. Yeah, Let's play that think number about game. that. That's, I actually really like that a lot. If we can re-sign him for less, all day. All day. You know, this is another fact I wanted to point out. It's silly that Lions fans are even angry because Green Bay should have easily won this game. If you look at the stats, Lions fans, just go look at the stats. We take have a lot away, of listeners that are Lions Take fans. away the three turnovers, and Green Bay probably wins this game probably by 20 points. But you can't take away the three turnovers. But they think they that they should them. have won the game. No. No. What, what I don't understand is – uh, Crosby still kicks like a 35-yard field goal, and they have a minute left. So th- there's plenty of chance, sure, that they that they could have won the game instead of Crosby kicking a, a field goal with no time left. But to just say like, you know, Lions had the W if you didn't call that, it's like, well, no, the Packers still had the lead with 60 seconds to go. Yeah. So it, it's a ballsy thing to say, but you know, they caused some nice plays. They made Aaron Jones fumble. The stat was he'd only fumbled three times, and it's only the second one he's lost. And his, uh, you know, it's not like he was holding the ball loose. If you go watch that play, it was just a great strip by, I think, uh, Damon Harrison, Snacks Harrison. Yep. Um, yep. But the Lions made plenty of mistakes, too. Hawkinson dropped another touchdown. We called it out that he's dropped a few already. He should have five or six touchdowns on the year. And, yep. um, you know, he's just an elite tight end in the making. Right, guys? Yeah. Yeah. In the making. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's going to be very good. He's going to destroy us. Like If we do this podcast for 10 years, we're going to hate this guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, but for now, he's just not there, and he keeps dropping touchdowns. Yeah, so now we can make fun of him a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Get, get it in while we can. <laughs> yeah. Man, that Jimmy Graham. I mean, uh, Hawkinson sucks. <laughs> <tight end. laughs> yeah, as if we have a great tight end, yeah. And that's the thing is uh, I, we didn't get turnovers, and we've talked about this. This defense relies so heavily on big plays. They didn't get a turnover. I think, you know, if something happens, if it works out in our way, I don't think this is close. But the Lions coming off a bye had the perfect first half scheme. If you add that into mistakes the Packers made, that's where they got up 13-0. It easily could have been about 10-3 Packers at halftime, in which case we take control of the game in the second half and it's no worries. But it is what it is. We move ahead Yet another damn home game, which means that for every home game now means a road game later. But we are facing the Raiders. Currently, Vegas has it as a minus six for the Packers at I don't even think they changed the over under for any of these damn games. It's 47 again. Um, So quick (laughs) preview. Again, I think we're in this five week five to week eight kind of area where anything can happen but i do feel 
after winning at Dallas and then winning at the Lions, especially that 3-0 and NFC North record, that we're kind of playing with house money until we can get to this bye week. I, I love your statement that this, you know, week four to eight, week four to ten stretch is just where some of the teams that are have looked terrible, uh, they start, you know, it's the opposite of playing with house money, I guess, but they start playing desperate and they pull off ridiculous upsets. And some teams that are have played well, I mean, look at the Eagles and the Cowboys losing games that I, I wouldn't have projected them to lose this week. Uh, some teams that have played well uh, lose a game. They stumble. Maybe they're exposing what they actually are, or maybe they just lose focus. They get, uh, you know, they start looking ahead on their schedule to a bye week or to a better team, whatever it might be. So these games get really, really tough to call. Uh, you know, to say we're playing with house money, I don't know, because you could lose to the Raiders and the Chargers and the Chiefs, and all of a sudden we're back close to 500. Do we? I don't think so. But, uh, you know, again, we have nobody to throw the ball to. I can't. I can't act like Josh here and say we had this game in hand. All you got to do is take away the three turnovers and all the bad plays for the Packers. Mm. That's, that's, <laughs> that's not the way it works. I mean, we we led this game for zero seconds and we won. I mean, when the clock struck zero, I, I just felt dirty, uh, but we got a W. So I think we snuck one out. I love being five and one, uh, but there's a lot of things we got to shore up. And we got some challenging teams yet ahead. I, I totally agree. Uh, but every oh, week, every week agree. we, no, I, I still think we, we should have won by 20 if we didn't turn the ball over three times, but, um, but they're approving every week. I mean, like Foo said earlier, you know, we won two games without Devonte Adams. Uh, I, last year I would have never bet that, you know? Um, so winning two games without our star wide receiver is huge. Um, and if we can steal another one while he's out, that's even bigger, um, you know, because then that just keeps them healthier for the end of the year and having them for the playoffs. So uh, I'm, I'm not worried. This this team's growing week in and week out. The coaches know what they're doing. They're looking like they are improving week in and week out. Also, uh, I can't wait to see what is in store for this season. So that will do it for this episode. We will catch you on, I don't know, Thursday or Friday. We'll figure it out when we talk Raiders. Thanks, everybody. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.